0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better.
1: Hello, I'm Carrie Lucas, Managing Director at the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today I'm here with Patrice Anbuka, IWF Senior Fellow. Patrice, thanks so much for taking the time to be with me today.
0: Thanks, Carrie. Happy to be on.
1: Great. Well, you recently wrote a piece in the New Boston Post about some of the challenges that are facing students who are starting college this fall, You know, and it's not just getting settled and adjusting to college life or keeping up with classes, it's financing your education. Can you give a, our listeners a little insight into just um, how much uh, students are, are borrowing these days? What are some of the financial challenges that students have to confront on college?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, young people who are starting college this fall, uh, it's no longer going to be the case that you can work your way through college. Um, You're going to have to, in most instances, take out student um, financing, so student loans to be able to pay for your education. And, you know, while in the past and it in uh, previous decades, you might have taken out $10,000 uh, worth of debt, but today on average, the, um, the class of, tw- of 2016, the average student who graduated with debt had about $35,000 worth of debt. I mean, we're talking about a down payment for a house when you're ready to settle yeah. down and buy a home. Um, And so, you know, that's fine. The cost of tuition is extremely high. But then there are also the cost of, of, you know, living on campus, buying books. The the totality of of getting a higher education today is completely unaffordable. It's skyrocketed. And we we have to figure out how we can tackle this for every American family. Mm
1: Yeah, you know, it is. It's amazing. Looking at some of the, the numbers, when you look at how much college um, costs, you know, even at public colleges, a year at college is costing, you know, 30000 40000 even $50,000 when everything's included. You know, why? Or does, any insight into why college is getting just so expensive?
0: Yeah, so let's look back about maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, and what we've seen is there's been a, an increase in the cost of college because, you know, Washington has started to step into public financing for, for higher education. Uh, we especially saw this um, over the past, let's say, decade. Um, and to give you some context, you know, student lending grew from about $53 billion to $120 billion from 2001 to 2012. And the majority of that, 90% of that, is coming from the federal financing Um You know, so you're talking about federal loans, whether that's subsidized or unsubsidized, as well as aid programs. You know, that's a substantial amount of money. We're seeing the cost of college grow grow faster than, you know, gas, food, just regular everyday uh, expenses that have increased. Uh, And that puts a severe um, weight on the struggles of a young person who's going to be starting out in, in life. Um, when they have to repay that debt, you know, it also puts a burden on families when they have to figure out how are you going to get to pay for our young person who's going to go to college.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting because um, in so many other service areas, you know, we now we're seeing prices come down and things are becoming uh, more affordable over time where it's really it's, it's um, and something must be, be going wrong. And it's interesting, as you mentioned, the amount of um, federal aid and kind of the this idea that I think those are always sold to the public as as helping bring the cost of college down. So it's kind of ironic if these um, if these greater subsidies are instead um, contributing to the rise in tuition prices. You know, I, I feel like that's, that's the um, kind of suggest what some of the answers, one of the, the ways to start solving this problem might be getting government to stop doing some of these things that make it so easy for colleges to increase tuition. You know, what is it? What do you think? What are the, what are the kind of public policies that, um, that um, we should be um, pushing for in order to help bring co- college, make college more affordable again?
0: Well, you know, you, you put your finger on it, Carrie. We're talking about competition. And right now, because of federal financing, I mean, colleges, they have no reason whatsoever to control their costs or to deliver, you know, quality education at a good price to, get to young people. You know, for every single dollar of federal aid that a college or a university receives, they're going to increase their tuition costs another 55 to 65 cents. You know that's that's ridiculous. That that's like saying you know for every time you pay your uh, your um, your utility a dollar, they're going to then increase their cost to you or their their bill to you another fifty five to sixty five cents. We would be screaming for that. But yeah, because it absolutely. seems like you know all this money is coming from the big federal hole, it's hard to you know wrap our minds around just how much money we're spending now when we when we look at solutions, though, I think we need to we really need to think about how we introduce or reintroduce competition to higher education. Um, you know, starting with high school let's, let's let's stop with this idea that that a four year degree is the best solutions on path to success for every student. I mean, honestly, that's a, that's honestly a one-size-fits-all policy that, that ignores the individual um, abilities and aptitudes and, and, and interests of every high school student. So now let's take that off the table. If every student doesn't have to have a four-year degree, well now let's see, what, 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 how can we ensure that young people are prepared and educated to find work in this economy? Well, then let's change what it means to be prepared and educated. And that means allowing a young person to take things, do, do an apprenticeship if they want to, or mix courses at the university level with apprenticeships, with internships, um, even online courses. You know, there, there are lots of ways that technology is delivering education and skills to, uh, to to our workforce that we're not really tapping into because we've been locked in this model of, you know, go to college, get a four-year degree, get out and get a job. And so uh, a big solution, policy solution, really, that's floating is accreditation reform. You know, and that sounds really, cr- uh, it sounds big and, and wonky to understand, but it's really simple. It's, in essence, allowing states to decide, you know, who can be accredited, you um, you know, to, for, for a young person to then take their federal aid and, and go and pursue whatever they're interested in learning. So, for example, if a student wanted to take an apprenticeship for one year and then take a year's worth of college courses and take a year's worth of online courses, they could do that together, bundle all of that, and now they have an education that actually prepares them for, you know, the career in coding that they may want to do once they, once they yeah. finish up with their, their formal training. But it's this idea of, you know, introducing more competition, allowing for online universities and online courses, you know, allowing for people, for young people to test out of some of those lower level college credits that, you know, you're not really learning anything from, but you still have to pay for the credits, and that just goes into the university's pockets. So the more we start to talk about competition and break this idea of what it takes to become a Uh, uh, an educated student, uh, to really turn it into what it takes to become a well-rounded student who has the skills they need for the job they want, then we can start to talk about bringing down the cost of college and higher education in general.
1: You know, that it seems like such such common sense, and it's it's really it's interesting. I feel like, um, you know, there's a lot of you've talked about a lot of great policy solutions, and I think part of it is also having a conversation like this because I think there are a lot of parents out there, and you know, I consider myself—I've got five kids—and you know, when I, I think you know, my in my mind, it's I do have this image of them all going off to college and me dropping them off at a dorm um, when they're 18. Um, but in some ways, you think about so many things that you end up paying for in college aren't about education at all. And it's really silly to, you know, we don't all need to be, um, you know, people lament this idea of how much money is wasted on football programs. Well, you know what, maybe we all shouldn't be sending our kids to places where they're spending so much money on the, the kind of um, accoutrements of, of college life rather than education. You know, that alone, just changing that mentality could bring, um, uh, you know, could have a big impact on, you know, we need to start thinking outside of the box about what it means to be an educated person and just checking that college box. I know one of the, the saddest statistics is that uh, kids often don't end up learning much at college at all. When there's tests that I've taken of students in the beginning and at the end of college and very little learning has happened. That's, that's really a tragedy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. And, and what I, I'm encouraged by is, is that, at, you know, the, the $1.3 trillion worth of student federal uh, student loan debt that, you know, every person, every, Americans have today, I think it's a wake-up call. Because now we're seeing this generation, and I'm a millennial, um, and like many of my colleagues, you know, you, you're thinking, well, how can I save for a down payment on a house when I have a $500 um, student loan payment to repay? How can I decide to settle down and, and kind of um, strike out on my own when I have so much debt and it's tied to a degree that I may not necessarily be using. So I think um, um, Americans are starting to wake up and realize that, wow, maybe college is not the best uh, option for my daughter or my son. Uh, I don't think we're, we're where we need to be, but I think we need to push policymakers uh, and policy leaders, especially those who want to represent us and, and lead our nation, to think beyond what has traditionally always worked. You know, and I, I don't want to get partisan with this, but Let's think about what students are learning in colleges today. In in the traditional um, um, uh, liberal arts college, you know, the the, the ideas they should be exposed to, We know, whether that's conservative, whether that's free market, whether that's, um, you know, competition, you know, they're not hearing those ideas. Why are we continuing to to funnel students into uh, universities and colleges where they're not learning what it, what it, they're not getting a balanced education and then they're compounding debt on that. And then we we kick them out into the real world and hope that they can float and land. And the uh, the ripple impacts on our economy are being felt. Homeownership is down among this generation. You know, um, marriage rates are down among this generation. So let's take a step back and think, okay, what is the best, solution for the individual person rather than one-size-fits-all, this is the best thing for everybody.
1: Yeah, well, that's really you know, it's interesting. You are much closer to college, that um, college life than than I've been out for a long t- um, time now. You know, I think that um, we should also be talking. You, you and I have been talking about co- um, talking to p- policymakers and then parents. Um, but what what is your kind of as our last, as we close this up, um, what would be your advice to the college students them, themselves? I mean, they have such a you, young people are um, are being told so often, kind of pushed towards this college, um, this one size fits all four year liberal arts style college. What would your advice be to, to, to the 18-year-old deciding what to do with himself next year?
0: Oh, absolutely. I would tell that 18-year-old, listen, it's fall right now. You haven't applied for colleges. Um, think about what you want to do. What is What What gets you most excited? And if sitting in a room, um, you know, learning about ideas that you have no interest in is not something that gets you excited, but maybe, you know, writing code for a website or blogging about your latest um, skirt that you picked up at is- Forever 21, if that excites you, then think about what kind of career, absolutely, what kind of career you can build in building a brand. That doesn't require a a four-year college degree. In fact, you could do a lot better if you just get out there and start building your own personal brand. And there are lots of communities, online, offline, that you can – network with and and find mentors, and then really begin to build the skills, get internships and apprenticeships that can get you where you need to go. Now, if you think, well, you know what, I love, you know, Machiavelli, and I love reading about cons, then, hey, maybe getting a a, a politics degree is, is the right thing for you. But also think about what you're going to do after you graduate. You know, what are you going to do with that political science degree? Now, I, I have a, a an undergrad degree in economics and political science, and, and I'm happy to be putting all of that to work with IWF as I'm writing yeah. about what's going on in the news and politics and kind of making it make sense for everybody. But that's not true for everyone. And so, you know, my career path is very unique, and, and I'm blessed to have been able to, to leverage what I learned. And turn it into a career where I'm hopefully affecting some change and educating young people. But I tell them to be very careful about taking that debt and especially getting a, a graduate degree if you don't know how you're going to be able to pay it off. Because it's a, paying $500 a month in student loans or $300 a month in student loans is a debt you don't want to have to do for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Patrice, that's such good advice, and I really appreciate. I think this is a topic we could talk about forever. And I thank you for taking the time uh, to talk to talk about it with me um, today. And I've I've learned a lot. And I, for anyone who's who's out there listening, thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been another of edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. You can find out more about this topic and many more at iwf.org.
0: If you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.